Welcome to Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. Good evening, Matt, Paddy and Andy. Uh, Frank can't be with us this evening. Liverpool have drawn 2-2 at Stamford Bridge with some fans standing uh, with rail seats for the first time in a Premier League game. It was a disappointing result though, Matt, wasn't it? Which seems a bit odd because you think you go away to Chelsea... Chelsea are a, a top side this season, won the European Cup last year. And you'd think you'd be happy with a two-all draw. It's not a bad result in the context of uh, a Premier League campaign. But um, it just feels as though, probably because of the wider context, what we need at the moment, and the fact we were ahead in the game, we should have maybe taken all three points. Yeah, in the pre-Man City era, it would have been a good result, wouldn't it? But in the context of things now, it's a disappointing result, particularly squandering, squandering that two-goal lead. I was shouting to Andy, if you don't remember, if you remember Andy, that we just lacked control in the game, didn't we, from the midfield? We were kind of shouting that, watching that together, and it was so, it was so clear. Uh, but you've got to take into account that Chelsea, obviously, are a really good side this year. The Champions League winners, we've got great, great players in that midfield, and and they just managed to boss boss us really. So it was. It was a surprise, and it was and it was disappointing, of course. Uh, but City just City just look unstoppable at the moment, don't they? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? They've won eleven on the spin now, Andy, and um, I want to talk about it a little bit later. But it's looking a little bit ominous now because we we know what City can do. They've just got the ability to to put together these runs um, and just not to give away. Um, you know, too many points. Um, what did you make of the game, Andy, anyway? Um, I mean, do you, do you think Liverpool were, were lucky to keep Mane on the pitch? I know the the guys uh, in the studio, Hasselbank and Sunes, thought that it was a clear red. Carragher thought that it was a sort of orange. It was in between. What was your take on that? I think most fans are just screaming out now for consistency with decisions. And I think, I think, both views are equally valid. I think you could say some refs would would look at that and say straight red card because he he looked like if you look at it again, it does seem to lead with the elbow, albeit he only I think he only makes contact with the wrist. Um, so it, it's one of those where I thought it was a bit reckless and dangerous. I think that would what? meet the cri- the criteria to, to to be sent off. Andy, though, if it, if it was a deliberate elbow. If we accept that for a moment, shouldn't it still be a yellow because it's Aspinaqueta, and um, <laughs> you know he, you know, from time to time deserves one in the face. It's a fair point because he's he's a player um, who's mastered the, the dark arts. He's you know, he's one that you do tend to find with yeah. the sneaky knees, and uh, and he um, imagine if you, you know, replay some of his games. I'm sure that he's gone up before and. Use his elbow. And you, you look at games, James. You just do see that footballers naturally do when they leap in the air. They do have their arms out. And yeah. You try to just stay away from the the view that well, look at the intent of the player because you can't. You can never. You can never prove intent, can you really? Um, but it just it just seemed to me to be a bit reckless. And I think when I look at it again and again, it does become a bit more serious. And I think that. If he, if he was sent off and it was reviewed by VAR, which we assume it, it would have uh, would have been at the time, then 
I don't think many Liverpool fans could have too many complaints with it. Yeah, I think Paddy, as Car- as Cara said at the time, uh, probably the fact that it's whatever six seconds into the start of the game gives him, um, you know, almost the the benefit of the doubt in some way because the the referee is probably not going to be wanting to wield a red card that quickly. I think it's the quickest ever Premier League yellow card. But I mean, at the end of the day, Mane stays on. I mean, what did you make of the first half? Yeah, just I'm just coming on. To, just sorry, just um, just on that man into the um, program the first half. Um, I thought I think he anticipates that Asquith is going to jump, and when two people go up to the air, you kind of expect to kind of get ahead of them by using your arms a little bit. So when he doesn't jump, he's kind of inviting a, a, an arm a little bit. Also, even though Mane does seem to Seems seems to go towards him like on ten. He actually doesn't really catch him. He catches him with his wrist. And yeah. if you look at the mount mount incident, he goes to kick Simicas, but he doesn't really catch him. So it, it, that's not given a red card. You kind of think it's a little brush of blood to the head, but they've actually kind of controlled themselves in the end, either by pulling out last minute or just you know just you know not full contact. So I think I think I'm more on the Carragher. Um, kind of side of the fence where it's probably an orange and if if a ref does give a red card I don't think you you can argue too much about it but I can definitely understand why it's a, it's a yellow so I can see it's, it being somewhere in the middle to be honest um, and, and, and he's not a dirty player as well is he that's the final thing I'll say about it he's not the type of guy who would go out and, and maliciously and intentionally try to elbow someone in the face definitely not definitely not but he, he does get he does get roughed up and kicked about and Andy was saying last week about um, defenders are targeting to wind yeah. him up and get physical against him. So I mean, that's the, he's expecting that all the time. He's expecting people to come through the back of him and you know give him give him a tough time. So maybe there's, there's a bit of that as well. He's just kind of uh, looking out for himself a little bit, um, and the defender kind of knows that and is kind of like you know, but and kind of invited it by not jumping. But anyway, um, I thought he had a really good game, Arne, especially in that first half. Very energetic. Um, Broke through a couple of times. Um, he obviously is. He, he took his goal very calmly. Um, I think it's one of those where I don't think it's a great finish, but I think he's just been so lucky in, in weeks. He was just kind of he just had his head down, concentrated, just hit low and hard, and uh, he got the bit of rubber up really, where it just goes over the defender's leg. But he it he was a bit of a finish overall, though, Pad, wasn't it? I disagree with you a little yeah, bit yeah. on that. It was no, no, the it was, way it was very. It was very, yeah. it was very, it was very calm. It was very much like Jotters the other week, where he kind of uses his body shape very well, dummies him and sells the keeper. And then, if you look at his strike, though, it's just, it's just down the centre of the goal, and it's only just over the keep, over the defender's leg. Um, so what I was saying about that is he's kind of just, it, considering the run he's been on, to just focus on hit getting a clean strike with the ball, like low and hard kind of thing, and it, it you know, he. Um, yeah, he catches it well, and yeah, yeah, it, it is. It was a good goal, and um, I, I thought my thought man had played really well, and we were lucky not to go ahead a couple of minutes before when he broke onto um, that counter attack and put Mane, uh, put Salah through. So um, yeah, that was unlucky, it, wasn't it? Yeah, we we were we were dangerous, and we I feel like you know it's not chronological order, but um, there was a couple of times in the second half where there was some really good opportunities to catch them on the counter and the pass just wasn't quite there and we could have easily nicked it because although Chelsea were really good and, and dominated um, large parts of the game, 
they did make mistakes. I think in that first half, they give away the ball 80 plus times and um, and we looked like we were going to score and um, I could, yeah, could have got three or four, haven't they? Fair, yeah. fair play to Chelsea though, because they tried to beat us at our own game really, didn't they? In that sense. Well, I said to James, Matt, as well, during the first half that I thought on the balance of the first half, it almost suited us the way that Chelsea were playing because it just meant that we could just sit in there soak up the pressure but then also be potent on the counter-attack me and it seemed that the game was going exactly in our way by the fact we were winning, we were winning 2-0 in my view against the balance of, of the play really I thought Chelsea played really well but yet we were winning 2-0 and it felt like I think I said this to James like inadvertently we'd stumbled upon a good game plan our hand was almost forced by Chelsea's decision to be not decision to be but the the intensity that they played, that not really, not really seen too many signs of that from Chelsea. They seemed to have the, our usual level of intensity and they were pressing goals. And it just, it felt like it was playing into our hands because how often is it that we have to chase games and we, we don't, teams don't let us have that uh, amount of freedom going forward? I guess we defended quite well, really, because Chelsea didn't really have that many clear cut chances really did they they had the obviously obviously the goal obviously the worldy but they, they didn't create that many many chances so so perhaps actually so perhaps we dealt with their threat quite well uh, well um, I, I disagree to an extent because we kept giving the ball away we kept giving it back so for me that that's part of the defending and there's there was holes for the midfield so even though they weren't getting loads of clear cut chances until they scored the first goal we, we weren't protecting our, our back line enough because we just kept giving the ball away. I think midfield, I think you can, that's definitely an argument about midfield that that kind of, that wasn't functioning. But what I'm trying to say is, is that uh, a marker of, of, of good defending is kind of how many chances you actually can concede. And what I'm saying is over the course of the game, they didn't have that many clear-cut chances. Our XG was similar to theirs, I think even better. Than, than theirs so it, it was a bit of a funny one wasn't it because again it's kind of what we've been used to in Liverpool that Chelsea dominated possession and territory yet we kind of we created the perhaps the better chances it was it was just a funny it was just a funny 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 pattern to the game wasn't it and I think that was emphasised how chaotic that kind of that first half was yeah wasn't I, it I mean, it was chaos wasn't it I, I think it's just a really funny time at the moment. I mean, it's, it feels like a bit of um, an emotionally tumultuous time because we're kind of dealing with the fact that our form in uh, the last few weeks has been less than perfect. What we've got, for example, two points from a possible nine in the last three games, and we're on a bit of a sticky patch. Um, and you kind of look at that game, and there are frustrations in the game, the fact that we were 2-0 up and we surrender two goals, which we'll talk about in a moment, in quick succession, and then we don't go on and score the third to a lesser extent in the second half when we have some decent chances. But it's it's that sense that um, this game is maybe being analysed in our own minds because of our previous results, because they haven't been good enough. You know, you've got the Brighton game, you've got the Brent and get Brent, uh, Brentford game, for example, you've got the Spurs game where we surrender a lead. It, it, it's kind of, if you think about it, Two, two all against Chelsea 
uh, although there were, there, were, there were some flaws in our game, um, is not actually a bad result. It really isn't. Um, I just think it's the fact that City are running away with things. And, and I, I only mention that because I think it's important not to... It's quite tricky, actually, because I think we've not got to catastrophize about certain things. Like, we're going to talk about the midfield and, you know, has that gone a bit wonky? But also, there are points that have got to be considered. Like, you know, are we playing the right tactical game? Um, just on that point, as, as me and Andy was, was, was saying during the match, that it was sort of like Andy's already said, we sort of stumbled on quite an astute way of playing. You know, just sitting in, although that wasn't our intention, and then just playing on counter-attacks. And, and we, we just roasted them on the counter-attack, didn't we? And, or, well, we, we were having lots of opportunities. So... I don't know how to analyse the game, really, Matt. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was chaos, wasn't it? Because everything was just kind of as it's just it's just difficult to analyse with the territory and, and the possession and yeah and, and 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 everything like that. But I think that goes with consistency, doesn't it? I mean, we have we haven't really been, of course, we we've, we've been nowhere near as consistent as we were in the title-winning season. No. Um, the midfields, as you said, has looked has looked wonky. We're we're, we're scoring, we're scoring from less different different. Sorry, from different, uh, not as many different options like like from corners and set set pieces and things like that. So it's not it's not quite the same. But it's exciting though, isn't it? In that sense, <laughs> it's exciting That's- because. I think my dad was saying, wasn't he, Andy? That actually you don't know what you're going to get with Liverpool each game now. Yeah, I think that's something we need to just underline as well, that every Liverpool fan wants us to be winning the league and we, we want to be up there and we can exert pressure on Liverpool so we want we want to win every game. But if you look back, I'm just thinking now that the Tottenham game, the Chelsea game, and it's entertaining stuff, isn't it? I, I It is, but stressful. I, want, I want to win, Andy. I know this is the point, though, James, that sometimes I think you've got to just enjoy that it's just good football. And you've got to just mm. appreciate. I know that you're grumbling there, James, but you just got to appreciate that it's good football. The way Klopp has set his team up is exciting, and any neutral would say that when they watch Liverpool, it's end-to-end stuff. But I agree. You've got to. But well, Andy, we don't want to win. be Newcastle '95, do we? No, James. This is what I'm trying to come on. To, I was going to come on to say is that I think if you want to win trophies, it's an obvious point that you have to have that that measure and that control of, of games. You can't just have the, you know, the relentless attacking and the vulnerable defence. You need to have that measure of control. But when we won the league that year, James, we seemed to stumble upon the appropriate balance. We did. We were still exciting to watch, still implementing the clock uh, blueprint, but we were all, I think there may have been, was it 13 games, Paddy, um, that we we won by small margins? I think one or single one or a single goal, single which, single. Is, which is significant, uh, significant because it's such a stark difference to this year. So I'm just saying, James, that um, I agree with all the points that you make. That when you look at it from an analytical point of view, from a you know a baseline Liverpool fan view, yes, it's disappointing. But I'm just trying to just say that we're not. In the last year we were playing terrible most games. Even the Leicester game, we didn't get the right result, but we carved out some chances. We weren't at our best. Tottenham, I thought we played well, deserved to win. And even Chelsea, I thought, I didn't think we were um, outmatched. 
watched throughout the whole game. I think we did we did well. So just you know, we've just I think got to as well. Even if we don't win the league this year, we don't get as close to City. Try and enjoy. I think how um, how exciting we're playing. Yeah, the main problem is squandering leads, isn't it? That is the main problem, and that is quite a devastating problem to have having your team really, because we've never had that before really under Klopp. And it's just thinking about how you have a remedy for that. And I don't know, I don't know if you can play a different way after you, you know, after you take the lead or after. 60 or 70 minutes, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, can this team revert to a more defensive and shut-up-shop tactics? I don't know. I don't feel um, comfortable the, now, Matt, you know. Because it's rock and roll, we isn't it? Yeah, we went to watch the, the City game and we both said during that game that we always felt that City were going to get back into it. And I felt yesterday with Chelsea, didn't feel, I didn't feel too confident about it. I didn't feel confident against confidence against uh, confident against Tottenham as well. And you know, when we won the league that season, there seemed to be that stability, and it's not there. I can't quite put my finger put my finger on it. Whether the midfield's not really working very well with the defence, or when you know, Van Dijk's coming back in and he needs to, you know, fully get into the, the higher gear, gears, you know, shuffling round Matip and Canate. Uh, you know, Rob will be missing. All these different factors go into the equation, but it just feels less um, secure this season. Liverpool's defence and the results show that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, I think, I think, though, Pad, you can go down the line as thinking, well, as I have, Liverpool need to change a little bit tactically. They don't need to fundamentally change, but they need to be much more astute. For example, Chelsea score a score that worldy. Um, yesterday from Kovacic and uh, Liverpool are then playing a high line with what five minutes to go in the first half when actually that's how the second goal Chelsea goal uh, emerges and, and really you just be thinking right someone needs to be on the pitch saying let's just hold it let's get deep let's just protect this until half time now that wouldn't be going against clock principles that's just being smart and astute and game management now, I don't believe that Klopp is actually telling them not to do those things. I don't think he's saying, I don't care what the score is, I don't care what the situation is. I want you to carry on pushing on with a high line. I just don't think he, I don't think he would do that. And, and, you know, you look at this season, they were saying that what we've, City have won 19 games from being in winning positions and Liverpool have what, won 12 from 19 winning positions or something like that, whatever. 17 whatever. out of 17, 12 out of 17. Yeah, so yeah, so is it? I thought it was maybe seven rather than five, but um, you know, that's that's clearly not happened this year, as Matt said. We're not we're not protecting um, our leads, but in, in in previous years, Klopp's played a high line. You know, in 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 eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, twenties, played fundamentally the same tactics, and yet we've had the resilience not to not to concede goals and to just you know kill games off. So I think it might just be a slight drop in mentality levels maybe or just not quite the same focus I, I, I don't know I mean it, it, I'm, I'm sort of vacillating between thinking it's that and also that we just far too often play into the opposition's hands when we should just be a bit cuter yeah can I just say as well we've been ravaged a little bit by COVID and injuries as well 
And we've not had a stable, stable midfield, have we? No. And I think having the comparison with Man City is useful because they seem to have a much better squad. I know it's been pretty much documented by pundits this this weekend gone that that actually with having a better squad, they can just have players that seem to just slip in to positions and it and it didn't and it's not made a difference. But I think with Liverpool, our squad's not as strong really or as accomplished as theirs in a sense. So I think the disturbances from injuries and COVID has probably hit us hit us harder really. Um perhaps but then I think, are, it, is a, but, I think it is a factor, Matt, but I, I don't think it's the main no, factor. Not, but... No, no, it's not the main factor, but I think it's something to consider. Um yeah, it's definitely something to think about because because the thing is we're still we're still performing at a, like a high level. We're still, yeah. you know, we're we're potentially if we win our game in hand, we'll still be second in the league. We've mm. won all our Champions League games, as Paddy reminded us last week. So we're still functioning at a high level, but it's just that difference, isn't it, perhaps, in the actual squad? That if Man City have a squad disturbance, it doesn't affect them so much. But if we do, then perhaps it it does, in a sense. I wonder, I wonder, I don't Matt, know. I wonder Matt, Andy, as well, is, just, is, is that something to do with the way we play, that if you if you look at the way Pep plays, I mean, I'm not an expert on the way Man City plays, but it, it you know it, it's a gradual, progressive build-up, isn't it, from the back, and everyone knows what they're doing, and it's all about ball possession. Whereas Liverpool's style is inherently much more high risk in the sense that if you're not properly uh, focused, if all the lines are not together, if everything's not properly calibrated. You, know, you do run the risk that you're going to leak a goal. And I just wonder if Klopp's methodology is, is much more exciting, but just sort of inherently more, um, more risky, you know, more, more likely to go wrong, you know, than, than a kind of Pep formation, because Pep's system's more about control. City have lost games, um, you know, in the past, particularly in 1920, but maybe that was psychological, um, because they, you know, they they could see that Liverpool were winning, you know, we on this ridiculous run, and they just maybe lost motivation. But I think, like what Matt says, it's bound to have an effect. The fact all these little factors, like before the game, we don't know uh, as fans whether I mean we've got a we've got a good guess who exactly is going to be missing. It was Allison, um, it was Matip, um, and um, who was the other one? <laughs> who was the other? Uh, was it Bob? It was Bob. It was Bob. Firmino, Thiago, Firmino, Robert. yeah. You know, and, um, so if you look at Allison's, obviously part of our spine. Matty, I thought, was one of our best players um, against who was the last match? I can't remember who we were. It was it. No, uh, Leicester, it wasn't, wasn't it? Leicester, Leicester, thank yeah. you. I've erased it from my memory. I thought, you know, <laughs> I thought Matty played really well. Um, so, you know, all is not quite well in the state of Denmark but as Matt says we are we are playing quite well and we're doing reasonably well this season it's not like think you know things are broken Andrew but something's um you know just not quite right we're not where we just can't get the consistency so we can just keep to city levels I mean I just think maybe if we were just like five or six points further on that you know that would feel a lot more comfortable yeah there's got to be 
there's something to be said about a bit of luck as well, and, and it's very easy to rely upon on that. But as Matt said, um, some COVID cases, injuries, but also looking games as well. Just thinking back now, I don't want to harp, harp on it too much, but let's think back to the Leicester game, you know, the, the, you know, the miss by Mane, the Tottenham game, Kane should have gone off. Just those bits of you know, those parts in games, we're not get, get, quite getting the, bit, the look that we need. In contrast with that, for example, with City, who have not had as many injuries, have not had as, you know, as many uh, COVID cases. And I don't know if you watched the game, James, against Arsenal, City and Arsenal, but they were very fortunate yeah. to come away with the three points there. So and that's how you, you, know, you win Premier Leagues. And you go across, you know, ask or look at any, conduct a, a study of any uh, Premier League winning side, you will see over the course of the year that it, it just falls upon, they fall upon a bit of luck. Yeah. Um, and we had you that. You earn your luck, you know, don't you? Yeah, we had that yeah. during the, when we won the league as well. Um, so, yeah, I think this, it's multifactorial. Um, but I don't, the positive thing for me at the moment is that we are playing well. That may, may sound a bit strange because we're so far off the pace. It's just that City have set those standards so high that it almost when you you've got that as a, as an anchor point it almost makes you think that you're not you know, you're inferior i don't think we yeah. have we've just had a bit of bad luck i think i think squad squad depth is definitely an issue i think um you know covid and injuries is another issue pad i think midfield continuity is is a bit of a point as well um, but yeah I, I looked at the stats on that didn't i um just before this pod. And so I was looking at how many games our midfielders have started and what percentage of the minutes they've played this season. So I'll give you an example. The most is Henderson started 16 when he's played 77% of the, of the minutes. So that's that's probably quite a lot for, for a clock midfielder or about right, especially with Champions League. And then for, but the next one then is Fabino with 13 games and 65% of the minutes. So even Fabino has only been 13, started 13 out of the 20 games. So they are two most stable midfielders in, in that Liverpool team. And then last season, it was it was Ronaldo who'd play 90 plus percent. But then if you mm. go beyond that, and this is what we were saying at the start of the season, Thiago has played 38% of the minutes, Ox 33%, Milner 33%, Keita 29%. And Curtis and Harvey have only started in three games. So I think that I think there's is even half of that. So maybe 10, 15 percent. It just it doesn't there's, there's not enough consistency there. And the people like Tiago and, and Kaita and Ox, who kind of get into that point now in their career where they should be playing all the games, you can trust them, you expect them to be hitting 60, 70 percent. And then you know, Klopp, what's Klopp said is well, okay, if these these lads do get injured and they're out, then we've got Curtis and Harvey and Milner to come in, but I think them three have been really unlucky with injuries. So we've been unlucky with injuries, but you know the the, the headline is is that we've got a lot of bodies and they're just not fit enough. And some of these lads have been not fit for a couple of years now. It's Kaita's fourth year, and I've never said that he's you know a, you know a starter. Um, so that 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 is definitely a significant factor. We've into what, what we've, we've not had that consistency because if you look at the games that we've, we've, we could have turned those 
losses or draws into wins. It's, it, 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 like Andy said, he thinks it's maybe a bit of luck. It's just fine margins, bit of consistency. If you have the same run of players, uh, if you have a run of, run of the same team playing week to week, Clock can make this fine tuning between risk, you know, turning up the risk or turning down the risk. I think yeah. when you've just got players coming in and out, it's hard to manage the chaos a little bit. And um, I think we've run out of steam a lot of the time. So it's either the second half of um, of the halves, we seem to concede a lot of goals. And that's what happened in the Chelsea game. It's happened in a lot of the scenarios where we've been ahead. We took that lead, Brentford. We took the lead twice. Atletico Madrid, we went 2-0 up. We're seeing this time and time and again. I don't know whether that is fatigue and not getting that freshness and that engine in midfield. And that's what we are saying at the start of the season. We would have liked to see someone come in for Wijnaldum, not in terms of quality, but in terms of engine. I was going to say, Paddy, so do you think that we actually miss Wijnaldum then, basically, because of the amount of games he plays? And maybe it was a mistake letting him go? Well, in terms, in, terms, in terms of the energy, definitely, and um, control, you know, we couldn't get the ball off Wijnaldum. You know, he wasn't, no. he wasn't the fastest getting out of his feet, but you couldn't get it off him. So, he's a very intelligent footballer. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he, he often you know, helped to control the pace of the game. Uh, it wasn't his main job. He did a lot of work off the ball, to be honest. You rely on Fab really to set the tone, or someone like um, or Thiago, but he, you know he just hasn't played enough, and um, to yeah. start getting that where he's running the game. But at the end of the day, but our midfield was bossed, and Kovacic had a, had a great game. I think I thought he had a really good game in the first leg, uh, first match at Anfield when we went down to ten men. Mm. Um, that midfield was just it just didn't work for us, and. Um, Am I am I in fantasy land or could we could we get one Alden back? Yeah, I read on read on Twitter know, that Newcastle was sniffing round him for a January loan because because he seems he, he seems like a proper Liverpool player, doesn't he? Now he's not here, I don't know whether mm. we're just trying to clutch it straws to why the midfield's not as good, but it's a big hole, isn't it? Because of the appearances, really. And you look at the amount of games they actually plays because yeah, I know it was it was uncharacteristic, but Henderson's pass completion was seventy three yesterday. Milner's I think was sixty five or something like that. So that is, I mean, although that's a bit of a one off, and it was a bit of a surprise that their distribution was so poor because it never normally is for them to. They're normally in the eighties and nineties, but mm. you know, when Alden was always in the ninety plus and and things, so it just it just it's kind of like a bit of a. An interesting argument, really, isn't it about about when Alden James? Yeah, I, I I think we we knew at the time that it was a blow to lose Genie. We're, we're naturally optimistic supporters, so we weren't going to get down in the dumps about it. But um, I think it was absolutely clear that Klopp didn't want him to go, and um, presumably the ownership decided that they weren't prepared to give him a big contract at his age. And we have got an issue about the age of our midfield, and you know you'd be. You'd be very surprised if they didn't try to bring in someone like Bellingham in the summer who looks a top player, looks as though he's got massive potential, is young and seems to be keen on playing for Liverpool. be nice if they brought Haaland with him at the same time. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to work out myself um, to what extent the squad depth and, and the relative lack of investment over the last few years has something to do with the situation that we're now in. 
I'm also interested in the tactical side of things as well, because, um, and it might be a slightly simplistic thing to say, but I'd just like us to maybe say, well, let's go hell for leather. Let's get a goal up and then let's just sit back a bit. Let's just keep the ball. Let's just make a conscious and deliberate decision that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play a little bit deeper. We're going to pass through them. We're still going to have danger on the, on, on the break if we, need to, if we need to sit back a little bit. But, you know, then, you know, you, you take, you know, from one area, then you give away in another area, don't you? So it is slightly vexing. I, I just think Liverpool, um, as, as that first half proved yesterday, can just be a little bit more tactically astute. It just seems madness that we concede the first goal because I think Milner has to be criticised for making a soft foul. But the second goal, you just think, just play deep and just kick it long if you need to. Just, you know, no one's going to remember that. You're just going to remember that you're 2-1 up at half-time. So it does feel like we're a little bit tactically naive at times. And, you know, and we've, we've just kind of only got one way to play. It's just kind of this, like, blood and thunder approach all the time. And I don't want him to become, you know, Benitez or something, but it would be nice to see a little bit more tactical um, flexibility. I don't want to be too despondent. I want to cheer you guys up a bit. So I'm going to tell you that um, Wolves beat Man United at Old Trafford tonight. That might bring uh, a smile to your face, so far as you're interested in what they're doing. And I also, yeah, Andy, want to talk about... <laughs> also, Andy, just want to just talk on its own merits about that second Liverpool goal, the Salah goal. I mean, for me, it was just a, an absolutely stunning goal. The, 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 the way that Liverpool kind of built up and, and forged that opportunity, Salah's run, Salah's finish, he was just so cool, so composed in the box. It was just a world-class goal, I thought. Yeah, I think just in a build-up to the goal, I think Henderson made one of the few passes to a Liverpool man that he made in the game. <laughs> I mean, Matt and I had to Matt and I had to shake ourselves when he made that uh, successful pass. Um, mm. It was over to Trent. And you know, Trent was one of those as well. He was having a bit of a difficult game, wasn't he? I don't think he was you know, pushing up as much as he ordinarily would. He wasn't spraying the passes. But I think that was down to the threat that Chelsea were posing. But his pass into Salah, you, you shouldn't forget how majestic that was. And just the ability of Salah, I think he just stops Alonso, doesn't he? So Alonso's trying to desperately grab him back and he just stops him and then moves it it's so effortless and so graceful and even at that really tight angle most football fans fans are thinking oh he's not going to get it in from there but just to flick it past uh, Mendy who's such an impressive keeper just makes that goal um, such a fantastic goal we've just come to expect that from Salah now haven't we those moments in games where your jaw just drops even some of the Chelsea fans you could see and some of the clips were equally as gobsmacked as um, maybe the players on the pitch, also you know, fans watching, Liverpool fans watching the game. Um, yeah. Just a real um, intricate finish. Um, and I think he keeps proving, doesn't he, each week now that he, you know, if not on form, the best in the world, certainly one of those. Yeah. Um, Matt, I mean, we're going we're gonna to miss him now, but we've got... Um... Arsenal in the Carabao Cup uh, this week and also next week we've got the FA Cup game against Shrewsbury Town which should uh, giant killing aside be relatively routine and then we've got uh, Crystal Palace and Brentford I think perhaps in the opposite order to what I said without Salah 
without um, Mane and without Keita and, and Mane and, and Salah have scored yesterday and it perhaps shows again that all of our goals are coming from the front three and maybe other departments need to chip in with a with a few more goals. But Matt, I just wanted to finish off and and ask you and, and I'll come to Paddy and Andy whether realistically you think we can we can catch City now or do you do you almost throw in the towel? Oh, I mean, obviously you never throw in a towel do you, um, in the Premier League because any anything can happen. But I think on our current um, trajectory, then I think it's going to look, it's looking unlikely. And obviously with us having that flaw of kind of squandering leads, it's going to be very difficult to suddenly win 16 or 17 games, which we're probably going, going to need to do. I think it did say in the last pod that if uh, if City win them three games that we that we discussed over the Christmas, you know, and, and New Year, um, they're, they're going to be difficult to stop and, and they've won two of them now so if they beat Chelsea at home it, uh, uh, yeah I think it's going to be very very difficult because to think about even even catching them I did say at the start of the season though, I thought that we had a better chance in the Champions League I don't know why uh, I felt that at the start of the season but perhaps our best the best shot is the Champions League Um Obviously, if we can win the um, if we can win the Coca Cola Cup, then then that would be a good thing. But yeah. even even Arsenal, even Arsenal two legged game is going to be a tough tough game against them as well. So we'll have to just see. Well, they're they're playing much better now, but um, maybe yeah. it might shake up the dynamic of the team. Um, Andy, over to you. What do you think um, realistically? Are they just um, playing for cups, as Paddy mentioned last week? I would never go as far to say we're a cup team as Paddy said uh, last week. Just remind me of that. I, th- I put it about 80 20, James, broadly. I think it's in City's favour. I think um, Chelsea, again, e- equal odds on them, 20%. Maybe have mangled percentages there, Paddy. Have my, I can't have 80 20 20. Um, yeah. but I, th- I think that I have mangled it. Um, I think that puts it into perspective. You know, City, it's going to be difficult, but I, th- I, st- I still hold out slim hopes. Paddy, if um, City um, had a non-lethal outbreak of COVID in their camp and the Premier League forced them to play, um, you know, with the, you know, second, second, second string squad, maybe they might lose a few games. Well, they'd go spend the net, net 100 million, wouldn't they? Um, that's what they've been doing. For the last couple of years, yeah. net spend of last five net spend of last five years is five hundred million. Like, how can you compete with that net? Um, <laughs> so that's that's why they've got that's why they've got fifty million pound players two in each position. You know, it's um, sorry, I sound a bit sour here, but <laughs> um, <laughs> City are just doing the front, can't they? They're, they're winning games, and when they do that, they usually get 15, 16, 17 wins, um, and. They've shown in previous seasons that they, um, when when they're in that front, they're just you know they're relentless um, in the league. And I think, I mean, it's going to take something major for them for them to, to slip up. To be honest, I think there is Pat, some statistics how many, that they. How many? Sorry? sorry to interrupt you. How many games have we got left now? Eighteen. Yeah. So twenty. Eighteen. So how, many point, 18, how many points 18, is that? Yeah. That's quite. It's a load of points, mate. But. Um, it's, I think if we win loads. the next eighteen, we can we can do it. It's loads, but you, you, <laughs> you, you need to claw back 
what is it? If we win our game in hand, eight points off City. That's three games. I just, I don't see it. I know, I know. I, I, football's a funny well. If we game, if we so beat them, if we beat them, that brings it down. Football's to five. a funny game. Yeah, we beat them. Chelsea, Chelsea beat them. That and brings Chelsea, it down to two. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I just think um, they're just having the, one of those seasons where they're just they're just running away and, and playing so well and. They, they seem to be, despite how many leagues they've won, they seem to be motivated to just go again and then manage to keep it up. I think they, they had their they had their blip, didn't they, uh, a couple of seasons ago. I don't think they've been as good as what they were when Liverpool pushed them. Um, but Liverpool, like as we're saying, have got their frailties. You've seen Liverpool and Chelsea, they're both very good sides, the top five sides in Europe. Um, we, I think we've seen both sides, the kind of it isn't just quite working for the moment. They've got their own issues, and I don't think Liverpool at the moment can can mount that mount that challenge. I, I wouldn't, you know, if, if we were if we were that we had that much of a lead and we won the last couple of games and we had a full fully fit squad and we didn't have Afcon, I'd say, you know, why not? You know, some of the things that Klopp's done, you know, you know from doubters to believers and all that. Why why would you ever write this Liverpool team off the things they've done the last couple of years? So. There's always a chance. I just, for pers- personally, um, I just, I just think City, City are too are too good. Once you give them a head start, they, they've won so many leagues in the last couple of years. The professional not doing this. The, the, if it was it maybe the first year that they hadn't, and they hadn't won in a while, you could see the nerves kicking in. But they're they're yeah. serial winners, and they just they seem to run away with it. So, uh, I think Liverpool just need to concentrate one game at a time and see if. You know, something like that does happen. You know, it'd be nice if Chelsea beat them. Um, we win our games, obviously, and then uh, just take it from there. But I, it's not I, likely for me at all. I think we'll do well. We'll do really well if we get 80 points this season, I feel. Well, um, we're, we're on course, I think, to get, you know, to get that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the local bookmakers tomorrow and uh, put, <laughs> put, put a bet on us winning the quadruple. Um, it, it's 500 to 1 I think which seems like good odds uh, I put a couple of G on that uh, because technically we can still win the quadruple uh, we just got to be positive um, it's, it's a very interesting season and um, you know at the moment Chelsea and Liverpool can't live with City but um, there's so much to play for this season we just keep going in the league uh, and, we, and we try and win all the cups um, so um, let's not be too down in the dumps. I know it's hard getting used to the fact that the that City are looking unrelenting and, and might be running away with it with 11 wins on the spin. We've got to keep going. Uh, thanks very much for joining me, guys. Um, we will speak to you uh, next week um, after we play again and hopefully win. But thanks very much for joining us. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs>